1 Peter 3, 15 to 16. And I want to talk about or try to figure out this shaming down here. How does shaming fit into a spread of the gospel and a changing of people's lives? Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, the adversaries. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect or fear. That's the literal translation. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So my question is, how does shaming, how does the goal, this so that here, do this, answer with gentleness and answer in respect, keep a good conscience, so that people will be put to shame? How does shaming function in the spread of the gospel? Father, we don't want to shame people as an end in itself. So what are you telling us here? Because we think that you have taught us to love people and show us now in a sober and wise way what we're supposed to do with regard to bringing shame into people's lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we give a defense and a reason for the hope that is in us. We're to do it with gentleness, do it with fear of God, respect towards God. We're to keep a good conscience and the goal so that when we are slandered in that process, so they clearly have not been moved by our good behavior to respect us yet, those who revile, so they're slandering, there's reviling, and our behavior is, is good, that is, we're still gentle and respectful towards God and them, our good behavior in Christ, they will be put to shame. Now, how does this shaming fit in? Let's try to get the overall picture from what we've seen so far. So we, let's start here. We honor Christ. Honor Christ. And honoring Christ leads to having, we have hope. So we're giving a reason for the hope that is in us. And having hope in this kind of situation, makes us fearless of others. No fear of them. And being fearless causes them to ask about the source of that fearlessness. Ask about our hope. So give a reason. They ask you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And when they ask, that gives rise to our 
giving, we give reasons for our hope. Give a reason for our hope. And that, it seems, results in them reviling us or slandering us. They mock us for the reasons we give. So there's reviling that they heap upon us. And our response to that reviling is maintain gentleness. And the hope is that in this gentleness, they are now shamed. Put to shame. So our good behavior, this maintained gentleness, returning good for evil, blessing those who curse us, will, God willing, put them to shame. Now, is, is that the end? If you just go back to chapter 2, verse 15, this was our goal. This is the will of God, that by doing good, good behavior, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So, not just shame, but putting them to silence is the goal of our, of our good behavior. And here is one more. Chapter 2, verse 12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. So, good, honorable conduct. So that when they speak against, they're, they're still doing it, slandering, reviling against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. Okay, so now let's go finish it off. We're hoping that our good behavior will shame them, which will silence them. And if God is willing, lead to they glorify God. That's the big picture. Shaming is not an end in itself. Of course, we want people not to feel good about reviling us and not to feel good about slandering us. We want them to be convicted and see they're wrong. They should be ashamed of slandering us. They should be ashamed of reviling us. And so our goal is by maintaining a good behavior rather than giving up on them, to keep, keep pouring out gentleness and fear of God and maintaining a good conscience, we hope that through shame they will be silenced and through silence and reflection on the reasons of our hope, they will glorify God.